God told me this movie will write itself Spread love, be wise and let foolery fight itself Cause it's a war going on outside On the corner, it's a war On your TV screen every morning Not the war with the bombs and the helicopters swarming But the war for your soul That's what everyone's ignoring It's a war going on Yeah, it's a war going on Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pursuit Truth Podcast. My name is Will. I'm your host. Today's date is June 29th, 2021, and this is going to be episode 62. It's going to be called Patience is a Virtue. Victory is coming soon. Now, I hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all staying safe out there and getting everything you need in case of emergencies and things like that. Now, I need you all to be patient because... God is working and patience is truly a virtue and patience is one of the things patience is actually patience is one of the most important things that is required uh, when you're following God and things like that. And so I want to take you back to a story about patience in the Bible that is teaching us to be patient. Now, I want to take you back to 1 Samuel. Now, we're in the part in 1 Samuel, about chapter 10, when Samuel, who is a prophet of God, Samuel tells Saul, he says, Go down ahead of me to Gilgal. I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. But you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you are to do. So, this is after, so Saul had just become king after. Samuel said the, these things and things like that. And so we're in another situation where the Philistines were attacking the Israelites and things like that. So at this time in 1 Samuel chapter 11, excuse me, 1 Samuel, excuse me, 1 Samuel chapter 13, it comes when Saul was about 30 years old when he became king and he actually reigned for about 42 years. And so Saul chose 3,000 men from Israel and 2,000 were with him at Michmash in the hill country of Bethel, and a thousand were with Jonathan at Gebeah in Benjamin. And so Jonathan actually attacked the Philistines at Geba, and the Philistines heard about it. And Saul had the trumpet blown throughout the land, and Saul said, Let the Hebrews hear. So then after that, all of Israel heard the news, and Saul had actually attacked the Philistine outpost, and now Israel had become obnoxious to the Philistines. And so the Philistines actually assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. I'm reading this directly from the Bible here. Now, they went up and camped at Michmash east of Beth-Avon. And the Israelites Israelites saw the situation and that the army was hard-pressed. And the Israelites actually hid, hid in caves and thickets among rocks and in pits and cisterns. Some of the Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul actually remained at Gilgal and the troops were quaking with fear. Saul waited seven days as he was told by Samuel. And it was the time... Set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men had began to scatter and run away and desert. So Saul said, "Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offering." And Saul offered the burnt offering just as he finished making the offering. Samuel had arrived, and Saul went out to greet Samuel. "What have you done?" asked Samuel. 
Saul replied, When I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Now, we're seeing from the story of Saul that Saul waited the seven days, but he just didn't wait. It was a little bit longer that Saul had to wait, and he did not wait. Saul's patience ran out, and so Saul did not get the blessing that he was to receive. Saul would, Saul's line would have been king over Israel for all time, but that did not happen. David, son of Jesse, was raised up to be king after, and Saul lost the anointing that God had given him. So I want to tell you folks today, don't lose the anointing that God has given you. Stay with God. Be patient because God is going to make a way. I know it's not going to take a day, a week, a month. It's going to take a long time. You just have to be patient with God because God works in ways that are a lot more practical than we ever give him credit for. All right. So today I actually, I'm actually recording this on June 28th at about, it's about 9.45 in the afternoon, it's Monday, and I recorded my segment for July 4th, it's going to be called We the People, it's coming out Sunday, July 4th, and I want to thank you all for uh, listening to my episode, Happy Father's Day, when I, it's a bonus episode I put out there, I noticed it was a humongous bump in, a, in the amount of people who were listening to my podcast, wow, that was actually astounding. Uh, thank you so much. You know, I always just try to provide value for you folks. I try to just, you know, provide you with the truth and things like that. And I ask just I just ask for donations and things like that. So if you would like to help me and donate, go to my website, pursuitoftruth.info, and you can scroll all the way down and give me a donation there on PayPal. Uh, I would really, really appreciate that. But if not, hey, I really, really appreciate you listening. I'm more concerned about the listening than I, than I am with the donations because, you know, I have a job. I work 40 hours a week, so um, that's my main source of income there. And then I'm also an investor in the stock market and things like that. So thank you so much for listening, and we're going to go ahead and get into this. All right, so we're seeing that there is a difference between the red states and the blue states, and people are they're seeing the difference between the unemployment and the states. All right, so the central bank is pushing the digital currency forward the CBDCs, and the central bank, they're actually readying their great, great Reset completely exposed. There's actually no cover story because, you know, the pandemic has been taken out by the vaccine. Trump told his people to go home on the during January 6th. There's no civil war. There's no pandemic, right? And so people are seeing it all play out in real time. And in the end, the people of the, the people actually have the economic power, okay? It's just like I go to the gym and uh, the gym I go to uh, for a while, they were saying you need a mask to go in. And what had happened later, I found, was that people are walking in there without masks and things like that because the people decide what they want to do. I'm sure that people were threatening to cancel their membership if they had to wear a mask in there while they're running on the treadmill 
things like that. Me personally, I hate wearing a mask. <laughs> Running on a treadmill is terrible when I'm in there huffing and puffing. So we're seeing that the enemy is panicking and they're 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 readying a false flag to distract from the election fraud. Okay, so the fake news is pushing every angle, but it's not going to work. John Durham is in the shadows there. People are saying, where's the Durham report? Where's John Durham? I believe he's in the shadows there. And optics are actually very important. So this is actually irregular warfare. And everything is not what it looks like. The clock is is ticking down. And nothing can stop what is going to happen. All right, so when we start with our economic news here, we're seeing from Breitbart.com that, you know, I it's a poll. I tell you every single time that I bring up a poll that I don't trust polls um, because I haven't taken this poll and things like that. I don't know if you've taken the poll, but I haven't taken the poll. But 83% believe that inf- the uh, inflation main economic concern for Americans. So inflation be- is actually the main economic concern for Americans, uh, it, and it tops taxes and unemployment. So, some from Breitbart, they're saying that inflation is the foremost economic concern for Americans. And they ask people, how concerned are you about each of the following? Inflation and higher prices, uh, unemployment across the country, the federal deficit, or interest rates. Now, 83% were extremely or very concerned about inflation, with 77% concerned about taxes. 74% were worried about unemployment, and 69% said the federal deficit was their top concern, along with 65%. Uh, marking interest rates as their top concern. All right, so when we're looking at Bitcoin, I have a a tweet here by Bitcoin Magazine on Twitter. That's their handle, Bitcoin Magazine. They're saying, President President Nayib Bukele uh, of El Salvador says in a live address that El Salvador is working with major cell phone operators to provide a national wallet option. And that's a wallet for cryptocurrency and things like that. So each citizen is going to be given $30 in Bitcoin. So Bitcoin Magazine is saying the country is launching the wallet and Bitcoin bonus for two reasons. First, to promote the use of Bitcoin in the economy, Bukele said, and second, so that people have an incentive to use the application. All right, so we know that the central bank, uh, the private Western Central Bank and everything, and a lot of countries like China and India, they're going against Bitcoin, and people like Elizabeth Warren, who are part of the enemy, want the central bank to issue the digital currency so that they can control it. We know that they hate Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies because they cannot control it so we're seeing from investmentwatchblog.com that the bank of england is saying to ministers uh, that digital cash could be programmed to ensure that it's only spent on the essential things so it's saying that the bank of england has called on ministers to decide whether a central bank digital currency the cbdc should be programmable quote quote now it ultimately gives the issue issuer excuse me control over how it is spent by the recipient so pretty much they're giving you the the bitcoin or the cryptocurrency not the bitcoin but the cryptocurrency and they're they want to determine for you how you spend it you can't spend it on things you want to do like trips and to miami and uh you know fiji and places like that they're they're going to try to say hey we want you we're going to give you this cryptocurrency we want you to spend it on things like this 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 and this you know we want you to spend it on this brand not that brand because this brand is our friends and we want to help try to make them money now there's a gentleman by the name of ton mutton 
who was a director at the Bank of England, and he said during a conference on Monday that programming could become a key feature of any future central bank digital currency in which the money would be programmed to be released only when something happens. So pretty much, you know how the government is giving you stimulus checks and things like that. So pretty much they want to move into a system where they're issuing cryptocurrency to you, and it's a central bank cryptocurrency, and they're pretty much giving you money when they feel like giving it to you, kind of like a stimulus check, kind of like the system that we're in now. But the thing is that what if they start saying, oh, well, hey, you said something we don't like on Twitter or you said something we, we don't like on Facebook. So guess what? We're going to decrease the amount of cryptocurrency we're going to give you. And that's the type of control that they want over your lives because because they don't want you to say anything that is disparaging about them or their system. Right. So he says. Tom Mutton says, quote, there could be some socially beneficial outcomes from that, preventing activity which is seen to be socially harmful in some way, unquote. And I just explained that to you, the socially harmful part that he meant. I just explained it to you. All right. And so we know that uh, about the if you haven't heard, there's a building, an apartment complex in Miami, uh, Florida, where about. It, it actually like half of it collapsed and there's about 101 people missing i think they might have found 10 people i don't know if my numbers are exactly correct but that those are uh, the rough numbers of it and people had been uh, reporting this in 2018 for about three years now two and a half three years now about the building creaking and making large sounds about it you know the building was making large you know sounds and things like that and so the building actually collapsed and it killed some people and it was like early in the morning when some when a lot of people were asleep and so Paraguay's, we're seeing from Reuters.com that Paraguay, the first lady of Paraguay is in Florida and she's searching for her sister uh, who was missing in the condo collapse. So, and so if Paraguay's first lady was in this condo, this tells me that this condo was actually a pretty high end condo. Okay. So Paraguay's first lady, Silvana Lopez Moreira, I'm probably butchering that name but she actually traveled to florida to accompany her family amid an ongoing search for her sister who is missing after a condo collapse in a miami suburb it's actually miami dade county and a, this is a spokeswoman uh, for her office said this on friday so the south american country's foreign minister said that sofia lopez moera her husband luis pettingill and her three young children were among six paraguayans missing on thursday after the partial collapse of the 12 story building so it's a 12-story building right and so we're seeing from euronews.com that paraguay uh, they're asking is paraguay set to become the second country to make bitcoin legal tender after el salvador so it says the central central american country made history when it voted to make bitcoin legal tender on june 8th this is paraguay a decision that was applauded by politicians in a slew of latin american countries including panama argentina and brazil i imagine that Panama, Argentina, and Brazil are also going to follow suit. Now, lawmaker by the name of Carlos Rahala is now leading a bid to implement legislation to make Paraguay the second country to do so. On Thursday, he announced on Twitter that he would be introducing a bill in the country's National Congress in July that would likely mirror El Salvador's new cryptocurrency law. So what we're seeing is that more countries are following in making Bitcoin and uh, other cryptocurrencies legal tender. All right, so we have an article here from zerohedge.com and they're saying that the experiment is over. Labor market normalizing in Republican states and it remains broken in blue states. So they're saying that exactly 1 month ago, and this is zerohedge.com. 1 month ago, we when we observed that with 23 all Republican states announcing that at least some form of early reduction 
in pandemic-related unemployment insurance benefits ahead of the September expiration, excuse me, expiration at the federal level. So they were pretty much reducing the unemployment benefits in Republican states and the Democrats were. So they said, we say that since Democrats will likely not end UI benefits anytime soon or ever, if they could, this sets up the U.S. economy to become an epic real-time economic experiment, one where everyone can keep track of the unemployment across red states and blue states where claims will keep potential workers at home pressuring unemployment rates. Yeah, so you see uh, states like Missouri and things like that are ending pandemic unemployment rates because they want people to get back to work. South Dakota, Christy Nome, who is governor of, of uh, South Dakota, she actually rejected the federal money. She said that everyone had their jobs, we don't need it, and everyone's uh, still at work and things like that. So it said on Sunday that the Wall Street Journal uh, picked up on this and reported that the number of unemployment benefits recipients is falling at a faster rate in Missouri and 21 other states, canceling enhanced and extended payments this month, suggesting that ending the aid could push more people to take jobs. So we're seeing that the Democrats are, uh, and the Democrat run cities are allowing people to just sit there on unemployment benefits because. If you're giving people money, like the stimulus checks and things like that, you have more control over your life. Because what if the government just decides to cut the amount of money that you receive from them in half? There's nothing you can do about it because you're not working. Now, uh, we're seeing from SputnikNews.com that Singapore, the International Monetary Fund, and the World Bank joined the efforts to create a central bank digital currency. So, the rise of cryptocurrencies has promoted interest from the central bank to create digital currencies. A recent survey conducted by the Bank for International Settlements revealed that almost every central bank has considered issuing a digital currency. And I already told you why. Because they don't like cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Ethereum and things like that because they can't control it. Right? So the Monetary Authority in Singapore, which is called the MASS, you might hear me call it the MASS, uh, the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, and other supranational organizations have joined efforts to create a CBDC, which is a central bank digital currency for retail use now according to the statement posted on its website the mass and its partners have launched a competition that they deem will enhance payment efficiency and promote financial inclusion they always use that oh inclusion inclusion this that and so we know that the the uh the central bank of the united states is the federal reserve and it says it's called federal to make it seem like it's a government agency it's called reserve to make it seem like it holds gold and silver now the New York's uh, New York's Federal Federal Reserve Williams says major questions need to be addressed as digital currencies emerge. So we know that the Federal Reserve has, has about twelve branches in the United States, places like New York and San Francisco. I think there might be one in Chicago, and I think there might be one in Atlanta. I'm not sure about the Chicago and Atlanta, but I know there's one in uh, San Francisco and one in New York. There's about twelve branches in the United States as a whole. So uh, in New York, the Federal Reserve branch. The person by the name of Williams is saying that uh, questions need to be addressed as the digital currencies emerge. So Reuters, this comes from Reuters, they're saying that as new digital currencies are introduced, policymakers need to decide how the technology would be regulated and how digital currencies would work alongside physical cash. And this is what Williams said. So he said this during a panel organized by the Bank for International Settlements, which we just talked about in our uh, previous article. Now, the Fed uh, official, which is Williams, was responding to a presentation from former Bank of England Governor Mark Carney 
that urged central banks to consider creating digital currencies. All right, so let's take a look at Facebook. Okay, so this comes from insider.com. It says that Facebook failed to protect against teen sex trafficking court rules, and it paves the way for tech companies to be held liable when they're used for criminal activity. So it's a Texas, the Texas Supreme Court ruled that Facebook can be held liable for sex trafficking recruitment. Facebook argued that it should not be held liable because it's shielded by, shielded by Section 230. Now, a recent report found that most online recruitment and active sex trafficking cases in 2020 was found on Facebook. I've talked about this before in early episodes of uh, my podcast. Now, but the Texas Supreme Court said that Section 230 doesn't mean Facebook can operate as a lawless no man's land, as the Chronicle reported, and uh, saying, quote, holding Internet platforms accountable for the words or actions of their users is one thing. And the federal precedent uniformly dictates that the Section 230 does not allow it. And that's the majority of the court said that uh, from the Chronicle is telling us that now they're saying, quote, Holding internet platforms accountable for their own misdeeds is quite another thing. This this is particularly the case for human trafficking, unquote. Now, if Facebook is facilitating and complicit with sex trafficking, do you think that Twitter is doing the same thing? Do you think that Instagram and Snapchat are doing the same thing? I would say so. Now, we have another article from Breitbart.com. And this is more Facebook. They're saying that report emails show that the Biden campaign was demanding that Facebook censor posts on election integrity. Hello, corporate fascism. You're looking good. I think you've been working out. You, you know, you're buff here. All right. Corporate fascism. You're real buff. I see you're ripped. You got your muscles showing. You're looking good, girl. Now, a number of emails show that the Biden campaign repeatedly pressured Facebook to censor posts from the Trump campaign and its supporters about election integrity. One post that the Biden campaign tried to have censored during the 2020 election was a video from Donald Trump Jr. in 2020 calling for supporters to monitor early voting and counting boards. Now, the Biden campaign officials tried to characterize the video as a call for violence because Don Jr. used the term army to refer to the volunteer effort. And it was claims that were rebuffed by Facebook. And that comes from Breitbart.com. You can go ahead and take a look at that if you want to read more about that. Now, Nevada Sheriff Group is saying that the NSA is sitting on every call, text, chat, and banking transaction for elite pedos and Wall Street criminals. So, I told you before that the National Security Agency has every call, text, phone call you've ever made. All recorded, your bank transactions. They have everything recorded. So I told you that. Uh, I don't know if I've told you before, but I'll tell you now. Cell phones were a way for the elite to track people like you and me. What we do online are things like that. That's why you have people tracking what we do online and things like that. Google, Facebook, Amazon, they track what we do online, right? And so the thing is that they didn't, they made a mistake because their cell phones track them as well. So when they send texts and calls and things like that, how do you think that they pull these things up from people like Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and things like that who conspired against Donald Trump? It's because the National Security Agency has all these calls and texts and things like that. So Hillary Clinton did have an email server that was deleted, acid-washed, and things like that, but the NSA did capture that data because it was sent through cyberspace, right? And so the National Security Agency has every single email, call, text, or game chat and banking transaction of every trader, every elite pedophile, and every Wall Street criminal, and every corrupt government official at the local, state, and federal levels, a Nevada sheriff said. 
Now, he says this, quote, I will tell you with absolute certainty that the thing for Nancy, excuse me, that the thing that Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff fear most is not jail, but us releasing their 10 most treasonous phone calls to the public, he continued, saying that they will be torn limb from limb on their own streets. Now, moving on, amazingly, Kamala Harris has arrived at the United States-Mexico border. Okay, so, but the thing is that when she she arrived, she got a message from the Hispanic and Latino, excuse me, our Hispanic and Latino brethren. And it was an organized group that said, Kamala, we don't want you here. Now, I'm just going to go on a limb and say that Kamala means how terrible or how bad. We don't want you here. That's pretty much what they're saying there. If my Spanish is uh, coming back to me correctly. Now, Kamala Harris actually, uh, she said, I'm glad to be here. It was always the plan to come here. Right? That's what she said in one of her speeches. And now we're seeing from Breitbart.com that 57% of Texan voters, you know, it's a poll. I tell you what I tell you about polls all, all the time. I don't live in Texas and I didn't take the poll. So take it with a grain of salt. It says that, 57% of Texan voters disapprove of Joe Biden's handling of the border crisis after Kamala Harris's visit to the border. And also another poll from Breitbart.com, another poll, take it with a grain of salt, 55% of voters are saying that Biden should continue Trump's border policies, things like the stay in Mexico policy or he'll tariff them and things like that. Now, interestingly, one of the poll questions on this asked, do you think that the Biden administration executive orders on on immigration encourage or discourage illegal immigration? 68% said the Biden White House is encouraging illegal immigration. And only 32% said the administration is not. I was go out in the limb here and say, in my personal opinion, he's encouraging us. He's encouraging it. Because those people even had, a, had t-shirts out there that said, Biden, let us in. All right, so moving on uh, to townhall.com. Joe Biden is actually reminding gun owners that the government has nuclear weapons and what you'll need in order to take on the government. The Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. Those who say the blood of the the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there are Never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit, the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it. Now, Joe Biden has his senility in uh, full force and full effect there. Now, the quote is from Thomas Jefferson. He says, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and Tyrants, and it, it that implies there from uh, Thomas Jefferson that we must fight for our freedom from time to time. And Joe Biden says, you know, he falsely claims that uh, it restricted who could buy what under the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment doesn't restrict it. The Second Amendment just gives you the right to bear arms, be it a derringer or a tank. Okay, obviously I jest, but you pretty much get the picture here. You can pretty much bear arms. It doesn't specify what kind of arm. It doesn't specify what kind of arm you cannot have. Uh, and we know that the Second Amendment is to protect us from tyrants like Joe Biden, who uh, don't want us to go against the government, as he just said in the quote and uh, the soundbite I just gave you. Now, when you hear something like that, that makes 
people like me and you want to go out and buy a gun. Okay, that makes people like me and you want to go out and buy stealth bombers and things like that. Okay, because people like him, like Joe Biden, they're just terrible. They're 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 really dictators. You can see from the soundbite I gave you that Joe Biden doesn't want you to go against the government. He would rather have you acquiesce to the government. Joe Biden falsely claimed that you couldn't buy a cannon, but the Second Amendment doesn't say that you can't. All right, moving on to some COVID stuff here. We're seeing massive anti-lockdown protests underway in London, England. And this comes from uh, Disclosed TV, excuse me, Disclosed.TV on Telegram. They're showing us this. There's videos. Oh, man, I would estimate there's 80 60 to 80,000 people out there. It is incredible. I could be wrong. There could be more. There could be less. But one sign here from the anti-lockdown protests in London says, wake up. The only thing the only thing mutating are the lies. And I would absolutely agree. In terms of uh, mutating, I have a quote here. Something here uh, I'm going to tell you about. You know, I always talk about the dumbest person that I know. And I'm not going to say his name out of respect, even though his stupidity commands no respect. Now, he posted this to the group chat. He says, uh, it's from Breaking 911. He says, new. The WHO recommends masks and social distancing for both vaccinated and unvaccinated people due to the Delta COVID variant. Now, I would pretty much ask the question, what's the point of getting vaccinated if you have to wear a, a, a face diaper, a muzzle anyway? Now, I said, the CDC is just another three-letter government agency. People don't trust the DOJ, CIA, or FBI, but they trust the CDC amazing now he goes off and says the cdc and the who are completely different and i said hence the name world health who didn't know that the biggest funder of the who is what country china until the united states re-entered who funding after trump pulled out now the united states is the largest who funder why would anyone trust a coalition of governments? Does the United States government lie? Is it the only government that lies? Take it from someone who works for the government that they lie. And so he then proceeds to post a picture that says that the United States is the largest funder of the WHO after I just told him the United States is the largest funder of the WHO. He says he says this. This is what he, he typed out. He says, the United States is the biggest funder of the WHO, not China. Where are you getting your facts? I said, some folks can't read. I know. And I said, I just said that the United States is the largest funder of the WHO. And then he just, the only thing he quoted was the part where I said, that China is the biggest funder of the WHO. He didn't include the part where I said that Trump pulled out. He didn't, of course, he's too stupid to quote that part. Now, I said, Trump pulled out of the WHO in 2020. He said, you clearly said China, China. And I said, who would be the biggest funder if the United States pulled out? He said, we are back in, sir. <laughs> you see how stupid this guy is? I'm not going to say his name. He is, he is the epitome of stupidity, okay? I said, it's simple math. I just said that. I rest my case. I mean, telling you this, this, and this guy is—he's the dumbest person I know. He might not be the dumbest person you know. The scary part is that you, my listener, you might so you might know somebody who is dumber than this gentleman, and because of that, I fear for you, and I fear for that person's sanity and uh, way of life. And so now Breitbart.com is showing us that the Senate Democrats, they blocked the GOP effort to end the federal mask mandate. So Senate Democrats blocked Senator Rick Scott 
and Mike Senator Mike Lee's effort to end the federal mask mandate requiring masks to be worn on public transportation with Scott and concluding that Democrats only care about following their political sign. Now, but we're seeing Pennsylvania is fighting back. Uh, a, a person named Alex Bernerson tweeted this on Twitter. He says, hey, did you know that uh, Pennsylvania voters on Tuesday slapped down Governor Tom Wolf and passed two constitutional amendments to ensure that they will never be locked down indefinitely on one politician's whim? He says, you probably didn't know that since the elite media is pretending that the vote didn't happen. So pretty much, yeah, the voters of Pennsylvania are making sure that they'll never, ever be locked down again by the efforts of a sycophant. And I would say that this is a big deal because it's the first time voters anywhere had a chance to respond directly to the lockdown. But, you know, the New York Times, which found the space to report on the Pittsburgh mayor, mayor primary, they didn't say a word about it. Okay, of course, New York Times reported on the Pittsburgh mayoral primary, but they didn't report on Pennsylvania voters not liking the lockdown and voting against it. Twice. But, of course, you know, the mainstream media always tell the truth. They always tell the truth. They're always right. They never lie. Of course they don't. Now, if you think that the government was going to give you an all-clear to go back to normal, they're not. Okay? You actually have to go back to normal first as a citizen, and then the government is going to pretend that they were always going to allow you to go back to normal. Now, ADN.com is showing us that CDC coronavirus test kits were likely contaminated, a federal review confirmed. So it says the test kits for detecting the nation's earliest cases of the COVID virus failed because of likely contamination at the CDC's uh, control and prevention, whose scientists did not thoroughly check the kits despite anomalies during manufacturing, according to a new federal review. So pretty much if you took if you took the uh COVID tests, and they said you had COVID, it, the test could have been contaminated with COVID as well. Back in October, I was actually told by a, a friend of mine that the COVID, even the COVID tests will have the virus in it so that you will test positive. Uh, I don't really know how that works, but that's what I was told. And it seems that my friend was not wrong. It says, the review was conducted by two Department of Health and Human Service lawyers, and they also said that there was time pressure at the CDC to launch testing and lab practices that may have been insufficient to prevent the risk of contamination. Now, the problem appeared to have occurred in late January within the CDC's headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. In general, the Health and Human Services has defended the administration's effort to counter the pandemic. The three-page review also acknowledged that after weeks of delay, the likely contamination ultimately prompted the CDC to jettison a problematic component of the test kit. The component was intended to detect COVID strains other than the one that causes COVID-19. The disease has killed more than 117,000 Americans. Now, we're seeing from Breitbart.com that now... The number of cycles used show that the majority of people never had COVID. Now, the narrative is falling apart here. So, it's saying that lockdowns hurt young people of color the most from the report from Breitbart.com. It says, COVID lockdowns hurt young people of color between the ages of 20 and 24 the most, according to the report for economic and policy research. Now, within in the first three months of 2021, about 3.8 million people in that age bracket were not in work or school wow that's a lot and 740,000 which is 24 percent 
increase compared to that same time last year, according to the report. When broken down by race and ethnicity, excuse me, race and ethnicity, excuse me, the uh, the not in education, employment, and training rate shows even greater disparity. Disparity. Now, the rate for all 20 to 24 year olds increased from 14.7% to 18.3% between last year and this year. For black young people, the percentage grew from 20.9% to 24.8%. For Hispanics, it was 16.2% to 19.7%. And for white people, it was 12.8% to 15.9% for people who were not in education, employment, or training. Wow. Now, it says about one in four blacks, 20 to 24 year olds, were neither in school nor working during the first quarter of 2021 compared to about one in five Hispanics and one in six whites. Wow. So about 25% of blacks were neither working or in school. And only about one in five Hispanics and one in six whites had to deal with the same, the same stuff. Now, I'm blessed by God that I was working this entire time. I was driving throughout the city and I saw that uh, the homeless were not dropping dead in the streets. So I knew that this was fake right away. And I trust God because God is the one who puts people to death. And God is the one who brings people to right. Excuse me, brings to life. Because, and it says that in Deut- Deuteronomy. And uh, God is the one who has that right because he's the one who gave us life. And so I also saw the hospitals being empty as I drove around. There's a hospital on 39th and J. There's South Sac Kaiser. There's a hospital on Stockton Boulevard. There are hospitals in the north in Sacramento. I drove around every single day, north, south, east, and west in Sacramento during this scamdemic, and I didn't see dead bodies all over the streets. I didn't see the hospitals full. The hospital parking lots were actually empty, and I drove around all day, every day in the summer of 2020. I was in the middle of it. I was meeting residents at their home. They were telling me that nothing was going on. People were fine. I I know the opinion on it because I was out there. I was in the community. Multiple people of all races, north, south, east, and west, Sacramento, anywhere. Now, we are seeing from the EpicTimes.com that Arizona, the House of Arizona, passes a bill requiring schools to share stories from people who fled communism i would like to give them a round of applause i won't do it because it'll just mess up the microphone and things like that but i would like to just congratulate arizona they've done an amazing thing uh, because people need to know about stories of people who fled communism because there is has been uh this is pretty much the blm and things like that they've been trying to come up with the communist revolution in america and things like that i talked about that a couple episodes ago how those people are trained marxists they're communists and china is communist as well you think that they could be, do you think that they could, they could be working together i think they could be i'm not sure i can't confirm but i think that they could be but i bravo to arizona for that and we're also seeing that from breitbart.com this 61% a poll now it's, you know what i say about polls you know what I say about polls. Now, 61% of voters from a poll say that children should not be taught that America is structurally racist. Says a Harvard Caps Harris poll released last week said that uh, 61% of registered voters said children should not be taught that America is structurally racist. Says the online survey of 2,000 registered voters was conducted between June 15th and June 17th. I didn't take the poll. I don't know. I didn't see it. I just take it with a grain of salt. That's what the poll said. But if you're wondering, I agree. America is not structurally racist and should not be taught so. It's a lie.
My question here is that how come we weren't talking about structural and systematic racism before Donald Trump was president? Huh, I wonder why. Now, we're seeing from thegatewaypundit.com that Joe Biden signs an executive order that mandates race training at every level and lectures on white privilege and male privilege. It says the U.S. government has practiced race, pre race preference hiring for decades, but that's not enough. Joe Biden signed an executive order on Friday that mandates training that teaches federal employees that the United States is racist and unredeemable. The order pushes equity and urges federal departments to get away from merit in government performance wow unbelievable now you know that the people who say america's racist you know they say racist and you know they're foaming out the mouth like little dogs who have rabies and things like that so that's pretty much what they are dogs that have rabies and they foam out the mouth and say racist and that's their favorite word and the word racism has pretty much lost its power over the last five years because everything's racist i tell you that i am a black man and i have an iphone 8 and my my iphone 8 is white and the letter H is the eighth letter in the alphabet. And if you put HH together, that's Hail Hitler. And so that means that my iPhone is racist and I'm a black man. So that's what that means. All right. So moving on to the gate. Another article by the gatewaypundit.com is saying that uh, A.G. Garland uh, smears blacks and sues Georgia over new election laws that require photo ID. So AG Merrick Garland and the U S justice department announced on Friday, they were suing the state of Georgia over a voting law passed in March, like the voter IDs and things like that. So attorney general Merrick Garland said at a press conference that quote, our complaint alleges that recent changes to Georgia's election laws were enacted with the purpose of denying or abridging the right of black Georgians to vote on account of their race or color in violation of Section 2, Section two of the Voting Rights Act, unquote. So it says, actually, 69% of black voters support voter ID, and that's two out of three. Okay, voter ID is required throughout the world. And we know that white people think that black people, not all white people, but a lot of these white liberals think that black people can't even get to the DMV and things like that. Now, if you want to see a, if you want to see a video about that, go on YouTube and search up uh, white liberals voter ID Fox News. Because Fox News has a guy named Ami. Uh, I think his last name might be Horowitz. Ami, who goes around and asks the uh, white liberals about voter ID. And, they, and the, a lot of the white liberals are saying that blacks can't find their way to the DMV. They can't use the internet and things like that. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a black man who works for the government. And, and to work for the government, you have to have a photo ID and things like that. You have to get fingerprinted and you have to have a driver's license and, and things like that. So there you go. But it sounds to me like the DOJ and the federal government are afraid of us verifying who the voters are. Now, there was another poll, of course, and this one was in Georgia. It says 84% of people in Georgia support voter ID laws. 81% me, 81% support signature matching. 60% support a ban on ballot harvesting and drop boxes. And 80% support election day deadlines for reporting outstanding absentee ballots. So, we're seeing that... Arizona GOP and uh, the GOP lawmakers in Arizona stripped power from the Secretary of State, uh, her legal authority in election related lawsuits, handing that power instead to the Republican Attorney General. They're saying next stop, Governor Doug Ducey's desk. And this comes from Telegram. It's Arizona and former channel on Telegram. So I have a, another Telegram post here from uh, Javon Hutton Pulitzer. He says Janet Reed of Vandenberg, Indiana, was arrested for delivering 400 ballots pre-marked with votes for Democrat candidates. Sadly, she isn't getting to cash in on her notoriety because mainstream media is not reporting, and USA Today claims it is false. Now, 
From the Gateway Pundit, we're seeing Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton's election fraud unit makes an arrest related to multiple counts of election fraud. So, AG Ken Paxton announces uh, this past weekend that there are still 500 election fraud cases that still need to be heard in, in court. Can you believe that? 500 election fraud cases? That is that is insanity. That's a lot. Now, this actually comes as Greg Abbott, who is the governor of Texas, promised a new election integrity bill in the state as well as bail reform. All right, so we're seeing from, before I get out of here, I'm going to get out of here real soon. So the drive.com showed us that the National Guard just simulated a cyber attack that brought down utilities nationwide. Why would the National Guard simulate these cyber attacks? Is it because Joe Biden was allowing these cyber attacks? Is that why? So it says, the this year's Cyber Yankee exercises simulated that increasingly likely scenario of cyber attacks crippling huge section of sections of the nation's infrastructure. National Guardsmen completed a two-week training exercise which saw them respond to a simulated cyber attack that took out critical utilities across the United States. The exercises have become an annual event, but this year took on even more significance after coming on the heels of several major ransomware and cyber attacks that crippled large part, large parts of American infrastructure in recent months. Exercise leaders said that the teams conducting mock attacks uh, offered the National Guard an opportunity to have a better idea what to expect in the event of actual cyber attacks and ransomware operations. If you know how your enemies conduct attacks, you can be better prepared to defend against them. And that comes from thedrive.com. Now, we have... Uh, a lady by the name of Emerald Robinson. I've talked about her a little bit on this podcast. Um, she tweeted this. She said, "People ask me how. Excuse me. People ask me all the time how Bill Barr got it so wrong. Barr was told by his advisors that he was a rising GOP star and could even run for higher office if he stood up to Trump. This is also what happened to Mike Pence. That's also what happened to Liz Cheney." Now, Donald Trump had a statement. He said this. He said, Rhino former Attorney General Bill Barr failed to investigate election fraud and really let down the American people. Even the scam that took place in Georgia of ballot stuffing on camera, he couldn't see what was wrong with it. Just like he failed to understand the Horowitz report and let everyone down with respect to getting a timely investigation on all of the corruption of the Obama-Biden administration. It's people in authority like Bill Barr that allow the crazed radical left to succeed. He and other rhinos in the Republican Party are being used to or in order to try to convince the people that the election was legitimate when so many incredible facts have now come out to show conclusively that it wasn't, unquote. So yeah, I would say that uh, Trump has a point there because we've seen things like SQL software in the Dominion voting machines and the Dominion voting machines do come from China. You have to ask yourself, do you trust the Chinese Communist Party? Two things before I get out of here. Number one, I have a post here on Telegram from We the Media. They say, they quote a Supreme Court ruling that says fraud vitiates everything. They say the Supreme Court has already made the decision in U.S. v. Throckmorton that fraud vitiates everything. This is why we will see a 9-0 Supreme Court vote when the time comes. Maricopa County is the first domino. The deep state will do whatever it can in its power to crush the finger that gives it a shove. 
there are 49 other dominoes right behind Maricopa, all revealing the same thing, that Donald Trump won the election. And it goes on to say, do you think that the DOJ under Trump should have exposed election fraud? Do you think Trump should have stayed in the White House using military force? Do you think Trump should have used the military to arrest everyone? Think of the optics. We were always told that the people had to take back the country. And the only way to take it back is to understand how the fake news central bank system works, how they manipulate and how they cheat. The people needed to see it all to take action. And we're in the phase of people taking action now. Bill Barr was just a stealth. Just like everyone else, Trump needed Barr for a specific purpose. And that was to navigate through Russian collusion and to distract from John Durham and his investigation that was started in 2017 after Jeff Sessions left the Department of Justice. It says this is a regular warfare. Look over there and not over here. If you noticed, Trump was asking, where's Durham? I wonder if something else is about to come out. Thank you all so much for listening. I love you. I'm thinking for you. I'm thinking it'll be alive. I'm thinking that God sent his son. Be well, be safe. Have a great day wherever you're doing, wherever you're going. Remember to be patient because God is working. And I'm telling you, we do have to wait on the Lord. And in a lot of in a lot of instances, the Lord is waiting on us to get our things together. So be well, be safe. And I'll see you tomorrow on Wednesday. Feel you get closer